From 8th Street to 8 Mile Road, from I-5 to Highway 99, Podcast Stockton. Stockton. I love this town. Most miserable city? I don't think so. The show all about the great life in Stockton, California. This is Podcast Stockton. Welcome to Podcast Stockton for September 9th, 2013. Or was I supposed to say 2013? Uh, actually, Johnny, can you take that up from the top? That okay, was, uh, sorry. That was, that was terrible. Okay, hold on. <laughs> that was terrible. Welcome to Podcast Stockton for September 9th, 2013. Uh, is this episode? Um, so, again, you're going you're gonna to come back a little bit because I don't know how to tell you that. That just sucked. Um... Can you go back a little bit further and okay. try it again? I, I think you're going to get How far back do you want me to go? Uh, from the beginning. Let's okay. do that. Welcome to Podcast Stockton from September 9th, 9th. That's a little too far, maybe. Uh, I think yeah. Always going <laughs> <taking> too far. <laughs> always. Okay. <clears throat> Welcome to Podcast Stockton for September 9th, 2013. And there was something else I was supposed to say? Your uh, name. Dude, that, that was awesome. Oh, my name. Yeah, and then I'm Johnny Milford. And then Let me get my driver's license just so I can <laughs> Okay, Johnny. Let's try it one more time from the top. From 8th Street to 8 Mile Road. From I-5 to Highway 99. Podcast Stockton. Stockton. I love this town. Most miserable city? I don't think so. The show all about the great life in Stockton, California. This is Podcast Stockton. Welcome to Podcast Stockton for September 9th, 2013. I'm Johnny Milford. I'm Susan Spraker. And I'm Matt Beckwith. Welcome back to all of our returning listeners. If this is your first time listening to Podcast Stockton, thanks for checking out the show. Coming up on this episode, Matt and I talk about our kids going back to school. And you heard him, Johnny Milford, and several of his voices join us in the Outback Studios. spoke recently about um, books and what we've been reading and um, we were talking about electronic books and the fact that uh, we both like paper books because we can can exchange and trade and borrow and I think I made a comment foolishly that you can't do that with electronic books right Um, we did get a piece of feedback from one of our listeners Gabriel um, sent in a message and said that uh, there is a feature on the nook that's called Lend Me, and you can lend. Sounds like you can lend somebody a book for a couple of weeks. So wow. if you buy a book, um, you want to lend it to somebody else, you can lend it to them. I looked online; the similar features available for the Amazon Kindle. Um, awesome. So yeah, I, I I I didn't know that. I have an iPad and iPhone, so I use iBook. That technology, you can't loan somebody a book, but uh, it's good to find out that uh, Kindle users and Amazon users and Kindle. And Nook users, I should say, have the ability to loan people books. That is great information to have. And it's great to have feedback from from our listeners who know that kind of stuff and can educate us. So thanks for letting us know, Gabriel. Laying on my front lawn with the sprinklers on Grabbing the grass with my toes I hope she knows, I hope she wears her yellow today it's my favorite one if i could be anything better than i would take a shot breathe deep and let the sun 
So Matt, I understand that we have both um, survived and succeeded in getting our children back to school. Yeah, you know, it seems to go, um, it seems to come faster and faster every year. Of course, the school district that my kids have been in, we start sooner than the school district that your kids have been in. That's right. Um, We have that wonderful two-month summer, which I enjoy, but of course everybody outside of our school district says, why are you starting the school so early? But I I like the two-month summer because we get those extra couple weeks in October and April, but yeah, back to school is, no matter when it is. It's an animal. It's, it is, and every year it gets more difficult. And I have only one child left in school school. I have a college child in college. That's a little different for us. But starting high school, a brand new freshman. I think you have a brand new I have a brand new freshman, freshman. as well. two brand new freshmen. I do. <laughs> I have one of each. I have a high school freshman and a college freshman. Yeah, so what's it like starting Uh, in your household getting a kid ready for high school (laughs) you know it's one of those things that you need to start well in advance because there's many there's many steps and many layers and you just you can't that's not what I have learned is that is not an event to be undertaken in just a day or so you know you have to to piece it out and do a little bit at a time so that nobody gets you know too squirrely yes it's a lot and going for us at least in our school district going from a middle school that had a pretty tight dress code to going to a high school that has uh, it's the wild wild west out there there doesn't seem to be any dress code yeah um and of course being the father of a daughter worrying about what what are kids wearing at school nowadays and and um going through all that you know weeks in advance of finding out what other kids are wearing and that whole drama yeah I think what, what we have finally instituted at our house, and luckily my, my daughter is on board with this tactic, is we just get a few things to get us going. You mm-hmm. know, everybody needs a new pair of shoes. You know, that's always an easy one. Um, uh, but uh, we kind of just like to cruise in there for a few days and see what everybody's wearing. You know, what is everybody wearing before we go and invest in an entire wardrobe? And then perhaps it's, you know, it's not right. Yeah, and luckily, my uh, my wife um, believes in that same approach because otherwise, left to me, I would do the same thing my mother used to do for me and my and my brother. Give us a credit card, write us a permission slip to use it, and send us off to Mervyn's. How fun was that? <laughs> that was our that was our back to school shopping. Go to Mervyn's with mom's credit card, mom's Mervyn's card. If that. <laughs> uh, well, I'm, now you have me curious. So I'm wondering, what did you come home with? Left to your own devices and a credit card. So uh, you remember the that shopping center um, where Mervyn's was? Yes. Right next door to it, rather in the building next door, right next door for that was International Imports. Oh, my. So my, <laughs> my back-to-school attire was getting jeans and tennis shoes from Mervyn's and, like, Iron Maiden, Motley Crue, and Kiss t-shirts <laughs> from, uh, from International Imports. Or, or I'm thinking perhaps you purchased a brand-new Jerga. Oh, at international no, no. imports no that wasn't your that wasn't your look not when i was in high school <laughs> <laughs> that's funny uh-huh. but what about when you were in you were in high school you were in the same school district as your as kids are ch- now yes. same thing uh, going on for me but i mean we're not gonna talk about how many years it's been since our kids were in high school no. we were in high school but moments ago certainly is uh uh very different um looking at it from the parents perspective yeah it's um it's always interesting for me to walk on that campus again and you know as I said my older daughter's just graduated so I've you know I've experienced that already but um even in going back for my younger daughter's orientation and those types of things and I'm walking on that campus it's just I mean it's just (laughs) a trip there's no other way to describe it you know because you're there seeing it how you saw it when you went to school there and then in the next moment you're looking at it like oh my gosh my kid is here how did that happen and um but it's good it's I I enjoy it and I I am able at least to kind of show her around a little bit and you know it's cool yeah the other thing it's obviously a big difference between my kids being in school and me being in school we didn't have this internet thing when I was in high school no didn't have cell phones you know, the circle, my circle of friends were primarily, you know, I went to Tokay and most of my friends when I was growing up went to Tokay, even though I lived in North Stockton. Mm-hmm. I knew some kids from Lincoln Unified. I knew very few kids from Stockton Unified. And now, probably because of, I mean, because of the internet and connectivity and 
my my kids know kids you know what kids are doing at all school districts when i was a kid i had no clue what went on in other school districts right no Completely kids today they they've got the 411 pretty much they've got their finger on the pulse of what's going on and you know every school in san joaquin county it's uh it's a trip yeah and uh you know now it seems like i still you know you go onto a school campus and every single kid has a cell phone when even even you know, several years ago when our oldest daughter started high school, that was not the case. So, right. you know, it's like, what what's it going to be? What What is that going to lead to? What's it going to look like when, you know, in four more years, I won't have any kids starting high school then, but in four more years when the kid starts high school, what's, what's it going to be then? Is every kid going to, you know, every kid's going to, well, I don't say a laptop, but every kid has a laptop. Every kid has a smartphone. Not every kid, but. Well, I mean, yeah. And, but it makes things so much easier. For the, for, you know, kids, I mean, (laughs) I often wonder how they would have fared in our shoes. You know what I mean? With no phone, no, uh, computer. I mean, can you imagine no iPad, iPad, the, the writing of things and revising them. And I mean, the ease in which they can do that now compared to, you know, what we were doing is just, yeah, totally different. Well, I always remind my kids that we had to learn how to write in cursive and I don't know if they still do that. (laughs) Yeah, really? (laughs) I doubt it. Yeah, so thankfully uh, we have survived back to school. Our kids are um, successfully uh, plugged back into the system. Here we and, go. Uh, yeah, and it's the thing that always gets me is, boy, the fall starts and then you blink and all of a sudden it's, you know, your summer's here and you're like, what am I going to do with my kid? Yeah. So certainly with both of us, each having a daughter starting the freshman year of high school, it's, um, uh, you know, it's just a matter of time. It seems, you know, before they are done. Yeah. And, and then what? Scary, scary proposition. Yeah. Joined live in the Outback Studio today, I'm so honored to have one of the, um, I would say, most recognizable voices in Stockton, uh, Mr. Johnny Milford. Johnny, thanks for uh, thanks for coming in the Outback Studio today. The honor is mine. Thank you very much. This wow. is awesome. Oh, I just I hear that voice and I, I get a little, I get like chills. Like, that's the guy. <laughs> that's the voice. It, it is. It's nausea. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I've confused. I've confused good memories with nausea. Great. <laughs> Well, uh, uh, it's it is an honor to have such a. Uh, I'm going to use a lot of big words, or not not big words. I'm going to use a lot of words that will probably. Um, I got my dictionary. Oh, right there now. you go. <laughs> a lot of words that that you probably won't want me to use when I refer to you, but a broadcasting legend, commercial uh, radio spot legend, in Stockton in the uh, in the Central Valley. It's it's an honor to have you here, and I'm you know I'll jump right into it. I know you from the radio. You yes. have you're more than just the radio. But uh, tell us how you got started in the radio business. Oh my gosh! Are are you sure? It's a <laughs> <laughs> well, it's funny. I I worked. Um, I lived downtown when I was a little kid. We um, used to live in an old Victorian house that was right across the street from where the the new hotel and arena are right now at Fremont and Madison. Oh wow! And just this old beautiful Victorian house. And so I, when I was in second grade, about seven years old, going on eight. Uh, my brother won a contest on KJOY, which was 12.80 a.m. downtown. And so I tagged along with him one day after school to uh, go pick up a prize. And I walked in there, and it's my eyes just went, I was, oh, my gosh, this guy's sitting on the corner. And it was like this display fishbowl, we called it, you know, the booth. And this guy puts on headphones and talks, makes smart Alec comments and plays music and drinks coffee and gets paid for that. (laughs) That's what I want to do when I grow up. (laughs) And so I knew pretty much from from the age of of seven that that's what I wanted to do. And I kept going down there all the time. Even when we moved north, I would um, catch the bus. I'm actually nervous talking to you. Can you believe that? Wow. I'm intimidated. Uh-oh. I'm nervous. That's because of Susan. <laughs> no. <laughs> so I used to go down there all the time, and I kept in touch. Roy Williams was just a, a, a DJ when I first met him back in 1972, 73. And then he was promoted to program director and held that position for decades. And I met all the, the people down there, and, and like I said, just kept in touch. And then when it was time for me to 
uh, go to Delta. Uh, I got into the radio program there and still knew the, the people at KJOY and was able to, to uh, finagle a part-time job there, which ended up being full-time, and, and that's, that's the wow. beginning, anyway. <laughs> wow, so KJOY was the first station. Oh, yeah, yeah, and that's pretty much all I ever wanted to work. I mean, I, I had dreams at one time of working like KFRC, San Francisco, oh, something boy. like that, but, but uh, you know, I, I felt very lucky just to have, you know, gotten that job at, at KJOY, and I would have died happy if that's where it ended, but thankfully it didn't. <laughs> <laughs> Wow. And then it's amazing. A couple of years later, you fast forward, and, and then I got married to my uh, girlfriend 28 years ago yesterday, by the way. Yeah, happy anniversary. Thank yeah, you. congratulations. Thank you. And then, you know, by, at that time, then money starts being a consideration. I'm like, man, I really can't do this overnights at KJOY for $700 a month much longer. I need to, I need to go make the big money at KWIN <laughs> overnights for 1000 a month. And <laughs> so that's, and I swear, when I, when I got that, I was like, oh, I have arrived. This is, I could I could ride this for for years now. Yeah, thousand dollars a month. Wow, that's, that's the gravy. More than I'll ever need. <laughs> <laughs> Plus, you must have been at Kwin when it was at the height, yeah, right, yeah. of its popularity. I mean, I remember in high school, um, you know, Kwin was the business. Right. So, yeah. um, how do you think radio has changed in the Central Valley since you first got into it, Johnny? Oh my gosh, I think it's changed uh, not just in the Central Valley, but just in general. That um, when we grew up, I mean radio uh, people were stars and i mean we still have stars you've got you know uh howard stern and you know the big radio stars like that but i mean locally on a local level uh you would see somebody you know or out in public or listen to him on the radio and you think that you know that's somebody famous it was a, a a celebrity and i don't i don't think we have that as much i mean there there's still some out there like that but i, I don't think that people especially younger people now care as much about radios as we did when when we were growing up i hope i don't sound like that and the bitter old man that i am <laughs> <laughs> i would say that's true though i mean you know when i think back to you know when you were at kwin and you know you and you know mr bill mm -hmm. and greg yeah. i mean you know those people were like you said they were really local celebrities yeah. and and had a real a voice and and personality that you know i don't i don't really know is evident as much now and it's no fault of the people in radio. No. I don't think, I mean, I think there are every bit as uh, talented people still on the radio, but corporate radio has come in and it's been over-researched uh, and over-thought. And mm -hmm. it used to be, I mean, I had such tremendous freedom back then. I, I'm so grateful for that. I, I didn't have a lot of people saying, oh, you can't do that and you, you have to do this and make sure you get it in seven seconds and then shut up and do that and... I mean, they really kind of gave me a little bit of framework within which to work and then said, you know, go for it. And uh, I was very grateful. I'm very lucky to have that. And I think now it's there's so many constraints and, you know, you're lucky if outside of mornings, if you listen to somebody, I mean, they talk maybe two or three times an hour. Yeah. And it's really hard to have much of a personality driven uh, radio station when it's just. I mean, we talked over every song, mostly. Yeah, right. It was, <laughs> sure it's the not nearly hate, the show. The listeners hated that, I'm sure. Stop, I'm trying to record this <laughs> yeah, song. I'm trying to record it on my cassette <laughs> yeah, tape right. so I can make a mixtape for that girl I'm right. trying to see. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's the interesting thing. I uh, My first exposure to radio was, was K-Win and you, of course. When, oh, wow. When uh, uh, K-Win was on Kelly Drive. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I would go in there and, and we had a friend of the family that was, I think, sales manager or she was something, Jeannie. Oh, yeah. And yeah. Um, we would go down there as kids and watch them broadcast. And I remember the, the vividly, like, there was a, I, I was aware of what a program manager was, mm -hmm. but I was also aware that the, the guy in the booth could make the decision to say, this is kind of what I want, this is what I want my show to be like tonight. Right. And I always remember calling in. You, you remember the days of yes. calling in, I want to hear this oh, song? Yes. Mm -hmm. And then I fast forward that to, just the last couple of years, I've recorded a couple of PSAs and you go into the booth and you record the PSA and I've had a chance to be on with um, um, the morning show at Kwin. I always forget the name, Amanda and yeah, Lucas, Lucas yeah. and do a couple of spots with those guys and yeah. to watch it's, I mean, it's so mechanized and it's so delivered and it's, you know, it's such a different experience it and it's still, it, 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 you know, it is a morning show and there's a little bit more talking, but the contrast that, and I, I mean, this is an obvious uh, answer to an obvious question, but it has to be because of what else 
is competing for people's absolutely uh, and that's the thing is that you know 20 30 years ago we didn't have all of these all all of these i mean you had radio you had television you had video games just really starting to hit the scene and now i mean everything we need is right here i'm holding up my phone for you guys to listen i mean everything's right here i mean i can listen to almost every radio station um in the world on my phone i can listen to podcasts on my phone i can there's so much i can play games i can do everything and unless there's a real compelling reason to listen to the radio i think more and more generations are going to be moving away from that unfortunately i mean i still love the business and i think you mentioned amanda and lucas and i think they are a perfect example of people that are doing a great job within what radio has become i mean it's they do a great job i think dj walker over at cat country great morning show so i mean there are still people out there that that do a good job but um it's just changed And, and again sounding like the bitter old man when i was coming up in the business i couldn't wait to to work for a big corporate back then you had corporations like um rko general and uh trying to think of a couple of others that you know they were the the big corporate corporations to work for in uh in radio and if you wanted to work in a large market you you wanted to ms i think is is one of them that comes to mind and uh, and now the only way i would ever get back into it is if it were a little mom and pop small you know not a <laughs> sterile studio like they have now just yeah. you know a little peanut whistle radio station. <laughs> but good luck finding those they don't exist anymore yeah, you know? right. and you're not certainly going to find one of those that's 50,000 watts in a major metro right, right? so that's right yeah. <laughs> right so uh you know another thing that we've talked about uh, off the show but um i'm curious to hear maybe some more examples um i shared with you my experience of stuffing liver down my oh, pants. Oh, yeah. that's right. Um, I still have a tape of that somewhere. Oh, I can't wait till you find it. Yeah. Stuffing liver down my pants at K-Win yep. uh, in the uh, late 80s to win Paul McCartney tickets. Yep. And finding <laughs> out uh, quite a few years later the only reason that we won was because everybody else was... Um, uh, was part of radio staff and <laughs> and our friend uh, friend of the family didn't have uh, or the program person didn't put it in the rotation so they hadn't advertised it right I still look back and say shoving liver down our pants to win Paul McCartney tickets yeah. <laughs> so I, I gotta ask like w- is there a is there a promotion that stands out to you that you've done a crazy zany radio promotion besides me stuffing liver down my pants oh gosh well prior to that um clearly that was a highlight that was a highlight <laughs> right and i remember the time telling the guy i think channel 31 came out and i said eh, mm-hmm. this this takes a lot of guts <laughs> liver guts yeah yeah it's amazing i didn't uh... <laughs> but um that was good we did a 97 hour marathon um, probably less than a year before that where it was Bill Foley, the late Bill Foley, unfortunately, mm-hmm. uh, Greg Fox and myself, we were the K-Win crazies at that time, and, and we were doing a, a marathon for the Make-A-Wish Foundation. Hmm. So we started on a Monday, uh, our normal morning show, and then didn't end until Friday. And I think, let me do the math here. I think that's a, a way Yeah, I think that's 97 hours. <laughs> and, um, and, and that was grueling, but it was fun. And, um, you know, as much as... In radio, I'll, I'll fold off uh, one of the skins, the layers of radio. I mean, we like to be the good guys and, and do promotions for the good of everything. But, I mean, it's honestly, it's it's about exposure and promotion. And and if you can help somebody along the way, then all the better. But, I mean, uh, I think my mindset has changed from those days of, you know, 20, 25 years ago or whatever, where, where it was all about <laughs> self-promotion. Yeah. And like I said, if you could help help an organization along the way then then great but uh wow yeah and i didn't realize that you did those kind of telethon shows back then because i only think of the telethon show as being a recent thing and i associate that with country radio right um because they've been pretty successful with the uh, saint jude's right right uh, telethon series the last maybe decade that that i that i've known about i didn't didn't know anything about it before then so yeah and they yeah they fly out they they do a wonderful job with that yeah yeah so in those days, too, we were talking about that, um, you know, there was a little more connection between maybe listeners and personalities and a lot more of those types of promotions. Do you remember any kind of crazy listener moments where, you know, rabid fans or, or situations like oh that? There must have been some of that. Well, yeah. I mean, it, it was weird because 
we we talked just a few minutes ago about so, you know celebrity and I, and I hate to throw that word around because it sounds so pretentious oh celebrity but I mean it's but you were I mean really. on a local on a very small local level yeah. absolutely and it was at first it was kind of gratifying to be walking in the mall and say oh there's Johnny Milford or you know put down a credit card to pay for something and, oh, are you Johnny Milford and and uh, and that feeds the ego. Which yeah. I mean, most of us get into this business. Yeah, we because... we actually know that because as podcasters, it <laughs> yes. happens to us. Right. All the, it must happen to you every well, day. It's, it's not happening nearly as much to me, apparently, as it's happening to you, Matt. But never, that's all right. It has that's never okay. happened to me. <laughs> they throw all kinds of things at you. I know. Oh. That's this room is lined with gifts and merchandise. <laughs> yeah, and all. all from Kiss. Clearly. <laughs> <laughs> that's why I'm big. I'm big in the Kiss market. Right? That's right. That's but right. after a while, that gets that gets old, and and I. I think a lot of people, unless they've experienced it, and again, I, I have to put a disclaimer in there. I can't say that I experienced it on any kind of large scale, but just on a very small, small scale. Uh, I can't imagine what big, huge Hollywood celebrities go through. And unless you have gone through it, I think people say, oh, well, let's, uh, you know, I, I would like to have a problem like that, being famous and, and rich. Well, don't get into radio. You won't get rich. But uh, the fame actually becomes really old very quickly because you kind of want to live a normal life and mm -hmm. then you have to start explaining to people well who's that and it's i don't know i swear i don't know who that is and um you know radio groupies yeah radio groupies and, yeah. and i i put my wife through a lot and un unintentionally but i mean she put up with a lot uh me being in radio all those years and and feeding my ego through that and and uh you know i, I would not like to put her through that again <laughs> you know and and family too I mean missed out on a lot of things when my daughter was very young um, because I was either on the air or at some promotion or or at a ports game or something so one of the things that I always uh, I always remember about you being on the air and and also doing your commercial spots mm -hmm. is your voice talent uh, not just nice. that you sound like a radio guy when you turn that on but you have a very wide range of voices. How did how did that happen? Did you practice oh, them? Yeah, study you know, them? being um, obnoxious as a kid, um, that I spent a lot of time alone. <laughs> just, <laughs> just people didn't want to be around me, so um, I would practice. Um, you remember that? I do. Yeah. I was gonna say that. <laughs> she can confirm that. So in high school, you were doing voice. <laughs> oh yeah, well, way way back even before that. I mean, I I remember watching. I mean. Growing up with a great era of television and um, seeing a lot of uh, good impersonators, like I mean, Rich Little. I look back now and I think, I, yeah, he wasn't that good compared to comedians today. I mean, everybody's a great impersonator. But you know, uh, back then, that's that's all we had. And doing voices, I mean, I imitate any anybody and everybody, and cartoon voices and things like not necessarily very well, but that was just the fun thing to do when I was a kid. I, I still do it all the time. I trade movie lines with friends. I'll, constantly and just love love doing that and my son starts to do voices here and there every once in a while and i think oh that's kind of cool getting into the family business there you go uh, there you go and so my daughter actually has been doing spots since she was like since she could talk oh really about two years old yeah she's fantastic wow i'll get you her card <laughs> yeah <laughs> just kidding. there we go so give us some of your voices oh my gosh um oh man i don't know well Throw you one have out some there. favorites. So, uh, um, I've heard some of your um, stuff on, you know. So, wonder how much stuff's out there on YouTube, but um, and your your website. But uh, I know you do um, you do one of the pres you do one of the George Bushes. I think. I've oh heard you yeah, do one of those. yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I don't, maybe I'll just throw them in throughout the interview. Just that's probably easier. <laughs> but I was thinking, like up to up to now, this interview has kind of been kind of a like. Yo, I'm thinking about it back on the good old days of radio, and <laughs> things were good then, but I have stories about how bad they were, too. So anyway, <laughs> maybe I should... Uh... Oh, I love I need it. to improve the mood of this. I uh... love that. I love that. Uh, especially, uh, I mean, you brought up Rich Little, but uh, it does seem, I didn't think about it you said it, that nowadays it seems like everybody's doing impersonations. Yes. and very well. But there are some people that do them terribly. Yeah. And just everybody everybody thinks that they have that talent. Well, I think, uh, to me, a voice impersonation is just like a caricature. It's a, it's a vocal version of a cartoon caricature. So if you can look at it and know or hear it and know exactly who it's supposed to be, 
then you've hit the mark, whether yeah. it's good or bad. If, if people can identify it, then I think it's good. Yeah. It doesn't have to be like, oh, my God, you sound just like him. But yeah. if it's a reasonable facsimile, then... Because in some of your radio spots, um, I mean, I always remember trying to think, okay, I can tell that the announcer is is Johnny Milford, but hmm. is that next voice you hear him? And clearly there must be spots that you've done that you've, you've oh, voiced yeah. all of them. Yeah, and in fact, there's one on my website that uh, it's... it's uh, for the luggage center out of the Bay Area, mm. and it was a Christmas spot, and a classical, classic uh, Johnny Milford situation where the client gave me several weeks, you know, come up with a, a spot, and they wanted me to write it, and and come up with a little, um, you know, spec spot, basically, mm. and I'm waiting to the last minute, and they're saying, hey, you got that spot ready? And I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, I'm working on it. I'm sitting over <laughs> at Barnes & Noble with my laptop, going, oh, <laughs> man, I have no idea what I... So I wrote something just, you know, with a, the stress of the deadline, and I came up with this Santa traveling spot, and it was back when, um, right after 9-11, and it was very difficult to fly. I mean, like it's any more of a pleasure now. Right. And you know, it was also not too long after they started charging overweight people for two seats. So I thought, oh, let's, let's deal with Santa having some travel issues, and lug luggage center will come to the rescue here. So I came up with this spec spot, and I grabbed my wife and said put down that book we're going home I got to go record this real fast and the whole idea was I would provide the voices just on spec as spec spot is basically you show it play it for the client and they say yeah it's great but we want to change this this and this and I fully expected the client would say okay great but bring in a voice for you can do this voice but uh, we would need you to cast people for these voices they bought it exactly they didn't make a single change to it wow and I did uh, Santa's voice I did the um the airport guy, yeah. you know, running through the uh, security checkpoint, the announcer. Um, there might have been one or two other voices. I can't remember. But um, that's yeah. not the one where you have Hank Hill in it. Oh, no. Oh, no, no. That's that's <laughs> I think uh, is that that might just be my character demo. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> I'll tell you what, Bobby. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Thanks. So we still hear your voice uh, on the radio and TV spots. Are you still doing a lot of voiceover oh, yeah. work? Yeah, or? yeah. Um, it's uh, I, d I do a lot of stuff that I voice myself, and then um, the, I produce a lot of commercials that um, other people voice for me. I bring in voice talent. Um, it used to be just locally, uh, but with the um, internet, you know, I can contact voice talent from anywhere. And often do. I mean, I, there's a guy in London that does a British voice for me and some guys on the East Coast that uh, do different voices. So, so with the Internet, it's been both a, a kind of a boon and a bust in, in the sense that, you know, it's it's made it difficult in some ways because there are some really good voice guys out there that will do what I do for 50 bucks. Mm -hmm. So it's hard for me to go to a client and say, yeah, I'm going to charge you 250 bucks for this spot when they can get some guy out of Chicago who's much better than I am for $50. <laughs> so that's been a struggle. But at the same time, customer services would always uh, sets, sets you apart yeah. in any business. I, how do we get I'm I'm just like, sorry, I'm like totally no, no. ADD. So I'm like, yeah. over here. And what was the question again? Uh, about <laughs> commercials and continuing to do commercials. Yeah, so, yeah uh, dude, that's that's definitely my, my bread and butter. That's, that's what I do. And so you, you can turn on the radio in Stockton and hear lots of commercials uh, not hearing my voice, but those are commercials that came out of my studio. Yeah. Um, well, I always, uh, I always, when, when I tell somebody, and I've told a few people recently, you know, we're going to have Johnny Milford on the show. and Who? And every once in a while, somebody will say, who is that? And a couple things I always bring up, and they'll say, and depending on how long they've been in Stockton, if they're re relatively recent transplant here, I say, uh, food for less commercials, rock bottom then they get that homicidal look in their eye. The rock bottom. I'll kill him. I hate those commercials. <laughs> and yeah. they're like, wait, yeah, that's. Hey, the... any reaction's a good reaction, right? Yeah, there you go. <laughs> yeah, and then they and then they remember, uh, and then they remember certainly folks that have been uh, in Stockton as long as I have. It, you just talk about you know K Win and the commercials, and everyone's like, oh yeah. yeah. I was sitting at the bank years ago one time, and <clears throat> puberty finally. Hit. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, hey, that and was a good impersonation of Peter Brady, actually. Mr. Douglas. Oh, yeah. That's, uh, yeah. When it's time to change. Um, so I was sitting at the bank, and they were asking, So what do you do? And, you know, it's, well, I do this. And, well, any that I would recognize? And I said, Well, probably right now the most common uh, rock bottom. And she, oh, you do those? 
I was like, uh, yeah, that's me. She she really had this look of disgust on her wow. face. Like, she was like into it and digging it that, you know, hey, I'm I'm talking to this guy that does radio commercials and what do you and then it was, uh, the whole mood of the conversation really? switched. Took a dive. Yeah. yeah. I, I do remember that those spots played on morning radio. Oh, yeah. Uh it was like every time there was a commercial break there yes. was at least one. And unfortunately that doesn't that's not that's not a good thing to do. And I, I sometimes I'll be watching T V and you hear or you see the same commercial run sometimes in the same break. You know, yeah. it'll be a four or five minute stop set uh, commercial break and, and you'll see the same commercial twice. And that does not do a client any favors. That's no. it's really overexposure and unfortunately I think people end up saying, I hate that business. I hate Healed College. Oh, well, they're a major sponsor of yours, aren't they? Oh, yeah. yeah. We, have, we have no sponsors. We shouldn't get sponsors. Oh, good. Did then you we say can we talk should about or we shouldn't? We should get. We should get sponsors. That'll well, give but us. then we'll have to, you know, be PC. And You'll be I don't know how much we want to do that. Uh, I, I just want sponsors that will give us free food and, and, you know, a case of beer or something. Who knows? Right. Well, yeah, let's, let's talk about those kinds of sponsors. Oh, wait. I saw this semi-empty glass. Can I use this? Because I love doing this. Oh, wait. It's not. There's not enough... Uh, you have a vase in here? No. I have a bottle. Would you like to yeah, speak to my bottle? Oh, okay. But I like uh, Darth Vader. You can always do a good Darth ah. Vader, whether it's a crappy impersonation or not. Just use a vase. Oh, there we go. <laughs> what a good producer. There it is. Look oh, at that. Look what? at that. What is that? That's his Emmy. <gasps> it is. What is that? Look at that. It's an Employee of the Year award for a defunct company. So. I feel like there should be some fanfare okay, music that accompanies that. Obi-Wan never told you what happened to your father. Uh, okay, see, I'm bumping the mic now. It's it kind of has it. Never mind. Wait, no, 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 that was no, good. No, 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 Cool. Oh, that's awesome. I'm not paranoid. <laughs> so uh, one, one of the things that I noticed um, right when you got here today that uh, I don't remember having noticed years ago. The flowers died when I um, walked up? I'm sorry. They kind of did. They wilted, actually. yeah. I'm going to bill you for that. Yeah, sorry. Um, was the, uh, was some of your, some of your uh, tattoo work. Oh, yeah. I, you love know, the, uh, I love the microphone. Thanks. That was my first one. And that really? was just a um, little more than a year ago. Let, there goes that puberty again. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah, I, so I started with a microphone. My my daughter and son-in-law actually got that for me as a kind of a late birthday, early Father's Day gift last year. And then once you get your first one, it's like, oh, I can't wait for my next one. And then that's when I got Maria. So I have my wife. And my next door neighbor, once I got this, she they said, uh, you got to make sure your next wife looks just like your old wife. <laughs> Thanks. That's nice. And then I noticed right off the bat, my favorite, the Mach 5. Speed Racer. Yeah. Speed Racer. I yep. think that is so cool. I can do a speed racer impersonation. Oh, would you? Ah, oh, there, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> yep, sounded just like him. Thanks. Well, you took me back there. I mean, that I, I felt like I was actually watching speed. Well, now I can relate cool. more to Pops because he was <laughs> just so Type A and just you know always speed. You're not. You don't have permission to do that. And veins popping out all well, over and the place. The, and Spittle was flying, <laughs> yes. not Spritel, no, not but Spritel. Spittle. Spritel was fa- flying later. But, That's uh, right. Yeah. And Chim Chim. Yes. There we go. Will you be getting a tattoo of either of those? I'm just. Curious. I probably not. Maybe okay. Racer X, who, unbeknownst to Speed, is actually Rex Racer, Speed's older brother, who ran away when he was 18. How did he not figure that out? The announcer said it every time. I don't know. Pay attention. <laughs> Clearly, Speed wasn't the sharpest. Well, he Speed, hello. <laughs> hello. Yeah. Right. He would have fit in quite well. Wait, sorry. I'm that's gonna, another show. That's a different talk show. About, yeah. That was, show. That was the alternative show we talked about before that's right. we started recording. <laughs> <laughs> oh, how I'd love to mention that, but I won't. Uh, so I'm wondering, do you get recognized you're recognized no, you know, with your voice work when you're out and about. Not we really. Talked a little I mean, bit about I that. think every once in a while I have friends, when, especially new friends, when they find out what I do. Oh, I, I didn't know you did that. And then they'll say, I, I think I heard one of your commercials. And once you hear one, then you start recognizing uh, a few more. more. And, and I, I don't do nearly the volume of, of work that I once did, thanks to that uh, economic downturn that we all uh, experienced back in uh, 2008. Um, yeah. 
Thank you. Thank yeah. you. Well, you well, you No, but um, <laughs> what was the question? Oh yeah. Uh, no, um, no, I don't think so. You know, my my brother uh, Bill is like he's always like been my cheerleader and he's yeah. like oh you know with your name recognition and people remember you should do this and you should and i'm like dude because i think we all call our older brother dude i'm like dude nobody nobody cares nobody knows that was a lifetime ago i mean really it's been almost 20 years since since i was a dj really since I was on the air almost 20 years yeah and That's crazy. so it's like you know, i can't expect i mean people will remember david allen cram from K-Joy back in the 70s. I saw David Allen Cram. Did you? Yes, I bet he was party. DJing a, a party. He was DJing yeah. a party. Yeah. See, he, that yeah. he's a celebrity. He's famous. And he always will be. <laughs> and Dave yeah. Bowling, who... Dave Bowling has lots of weddings. Every time I see uh, Dave Bowling, he's at a wedding. God rest his career. I don't know what happened to him. He's, he left, yeah. left K-Joy, and I, I would love to get <clears> in touch with him. So, Dave, if you're out there listening, give me a call. So, we were talking before we started recording about the... Um, so you know you grew up in Stockton and Stockton history pages on yes, Facebook and love those and how there's uh every once in a while there's it seems like it's every couple of weeks somebody says hey you remember remember back in the day when KSTN used to record and on Weber and you could see it and <laughs> I know that makes you cringe because it yes. obviously wasn't KSTN but uh, right it was KJoy KSTN's on Ralph <laughs> Avenue it's always been there it's always been on Ralph Avenue KJoy's always been KJoy with the big window right <laughs> so do you ever um uh you know how do you resist you know not just lashing out and remind you know oh that's a that's that's like a daily thing for me not lashing out in, how do you in manage all your, aspects of my how do you life manage your anger, <laughs> i don't Johnny. not very well that's the answer i don't manage it very well um i, I guess nobody likes to be wrong yeah. and, and nobody likes to be told they're wrong so i've learned that you know even though we all kind of know a lot about a lot of things it's sometimes better just to kind of resist and and say, uh, hmm, well, I'll just let them figure it out. And if I don't say it, somebody else will. Somebody else will chime in and say, you dumb knucklehead. K-Joy was always on Weber and El Dorado. You <laughs> idiot. And I'm, and I'm in the background going, yes. <laughs> yes, I didn't have to say that. No. But it, since you mentioned those sites, I mean, I love my hometown. And I know you do, too. And I just have to put in that plug for, for Stockton. I know you're a big cheerleader for Stockton. Rod is a big cheerleader for Stockton. Via Gomez. And, uh, you know, it's, it's a great, it, I think most of us at one time or another have a kind of a love hate relationship with our, with our city mm -hmm. because as, especially when I was younger growing up in, in radio, especially because unless you move around, you really don't have much of a career. And I was lucky to have been able to stay in this market. I mean, with the exception of working in, in Modesto and in Sacramento, but I got to stay in my hometown and a lot of people would probably say, really, you think that's lucky? Wow. Loser. <laughs> uh, but I think that, uh, you know, Stockton is what you make of it. And yeah, we have our issues, but I, it, I, that's when I jump on, on those boards, when people yeah. start saying Stockton has really changed and it's gotten so much worse. And I, no, it, it hasn't, it's grown. And that's what's happened. Yeah. We have more crime because we have more people 30 years ago. You can't tell me there wasn't crime 40 years ago. You can't tell me there weren't gangs. I mean, I remember growing up and hearing about when I was a little kid, uh, hearing about stabbings at a, a Franklin football game, and I was crying, saying, "I don't want to go to high school," because I thought it's it's terrifying. But come on, you know, you you grow up and you realize that, yeah. I mean, if you're looking for trouble in this city, you can find it in a minute. But if you're looking to avoid it, you can also do that quite well. Yeah, yeah, that's a, it's absolutely true. I mean, I I will never forget uh, Halloween in. 87, 86, something like that, um, hanging out with a good friend of mine about three blocks from where we stand today. And uh, it was the end of the night for me. I went home, and two hours later got a phone call that uh, he was shot and killed. Oh, three man. blocks from where oh, we are today. Yeah. And I think about that because when somebody says, oh, there's all this murder, all this terrible crime, that's not a new thing. Nor yeah, is that a new thing in any city. No. In any city. And it's you're right. It is it is it is what you make it. And right. Stockton has had clearly a bad rap. That's why we're here. We think... Uh, collectively that uh, there's enough negative news that uh, negative stories that we like telling uh, we like telling the good stories yeah and there are plenty of them out there we had a, a guest recently I thought who described it rather well um, called Stockton you know a family member yeah you know oh, yeah. sometimes that you know sometimes that relationship is is you know firing on all cylinders and mm -hmm. you know sometimes it's not but you don't walk away right you know you you work it out and and it's good again yep. and um, that's a great analogy yeah so What's or your Stockton story? You've been here how long? Tell us. All my life. Yeah. 49 born years. Born and raised? Yeah. Uh -huh. Yeah, born and raised. 
What I used to tell people, you don't think I'd move here, do you? <laughs> try to refrain from that, especially when I'm on a podcast Stockton <laughs> program. So it's a good thing I didn't go there. Um, but yeah, always, always been here, never moved away, wanted to many, many times. And especially in radio, because like I said, I mean, if you want any kind of career, um, you know, we, we looked at opportunities in many cities and, and markets. And my ultimate goal would have been San Francisco. And I thought that would be cool. And maybe even commute over there and make San Francisco wages while living in Bring Stockton. Bring it back here. Now it seems like everybody does that with, with you know, their job. I and mean, that was before people really commuted like they do now. Right. And uh, now I no way would I do that. That's that's just throwing away like <laughs> five hours of your life every day driving back and forth. Uh, you do that, don't you, man? I do. Yeah. Uh, wow. I know the feeling. I, I could hear those crickets chiming ch- <laughs> in right when I said that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm crazy for doing it. <laughs> no, you're not. And I won't do it forever. You probably don't make Stockton wages. <laughs> Are there Stockton wages? Yes. Oh, wait, did I just say that? I've had them. <laughs> They're not pretty. So you've lived here your whole life. Yes. You're a, a proud Lincoln graduate. Yes. So, uh, again, we just find more and more Lincoln graduates that just come out of the woodwork. Go mm-hmm. Trojans. I, I'm sorry. I have, to, I have to put it in there. Go yeah. Trojans. Yeah. 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 No, you guys are you guys are too uh, too fancy for me, Lincoln. We were Unified. just waiting for you to come over and party with us. I don't know where you, I don't know where, where you, did you were. Go? It's okay. Oh come on! I you know one that was block, wannabe Lincoln. One block it was one block north of Hammer Lane. We yeah. got bust forty five minutes to Tokyo. He was in the hood. <laughs> well, that's a weird thing about that area uh, of of North Stockton around Hammer Lane and and Davis Lower Sacramento Road and yeah. because you've got Lincoln Unified and then. You've, it, it becomes Lodi Unified, and then a little bit Across north, the street. It's, yeah, it's Stockton. it's Stockton Unified. It's pockets. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. it's very so. very bizarre. And before they built Stockton Unified, built the high schools, the newer high schools. If you lived like on Ponce de Leon, you went all the way down to Edison for high school. Oh, I mean, how weird is that? That's just insane. Yeah. yeah. Well, it didn't foster the neighborhood, you know, community. No, it didn't. Thing. You're right. But hopefully, that's back now. It is. With a vengeance. <laughs> right. So, uh, uh, so what do you like to do in Stockton? Oh gosh, um, duck and cover. I'm kidding. I'm <laughs> kidding. Stop it. You see, you got me going on this thing. Get the hook. I love. Yeah, I know. that's all the time we have for it today. <laughs> um, oh, there's so many things to do, I, and I love posting pictures of uh, when my wife and I are like out on our tandem bike and riding along the levee, and then we'll have like a little uh, picnic lunch or something, and I just think. You know, really, this is a miserable city because I'm not feeling it. I, mm-hmm. This is great. I mean, yeah. it's we got beautiful weather most of the time. I mean, we've got some hot days in summer and some cold days in the winter, but for the most part, we avoid you know crazy weather like extremes. they have back back east yeah, and in, in the south. The extremes we don't have those, and so I mean, there are lots of things to do. There's so many cultural uh, events, and that's one of the things I love so much about Stockton is the many cultures that are here um so many dining experiences i mean especially being a can i say i'm, I'm a vegan so oh yeah Excellent. So i know this is the outback studio but you won't find me at the outback steakhouse no. <laughs> <laughs> not affiliated and we're having, not carnivores here uh <laughs> my, my two daughters are vegetarian They're oh, wow. not quite to vegan but um it's a know. phase they all go through huh yeah, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> they went, they See, I a... started that when I was a teenage girl, and I never left it. There you go. So no. where do you eat as a vegan in Stockton? That's the, the good question. Um, uh, one of my favorites is House of Shaw, Lebanese food. Mm. Um, yeah. And there are plenty of Thai restaurants. Our favorite at the moment is uh, Royal Siam. Oh, yeah. And that's on Pacific that's Avenue. Um, Saigon Restaurant down on uh, the Miracle Mile. Really good food. And, you know, you can always get... Uh, tofu alternatives to to the meat dishes and good stuff so lots of great fantastic ethnic restaurants i had a vegan brownie recently and so i could be convinced i think yeah, yeah. i could be convinced you can get used to it yeah that yeah. was delicious see i've been doing it 10 years now 10 almost 11 years so oh. i don't i don't remember what it tastes like yeah. i mean i i taste a tofu hot dog and yeah that, that seems like how it used to be i don't yeah. know i don't remember wow <laughs> that's great so, Johnny, being in radio all that time, do you have just an awesome music collection? And what is that like? What do you listen to nowadays? Tell us a little bit about that. Well, that, that addresses probably two misconceptions for, for me that people, people assume that I have, like, awesome equipment. 
right. like stereo, like the best hi-fi, you know, state-of-the-art um, equipment, which I never have, <laughs> and and then a huge music collection. Right. And yeah, while I do have a decent music collection, um, I got rid of my albums years ago. I moved into our house 19 years ago, and I thought, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to ever have to move these again. So I got rid of them, not knowing that I'd be in the house for 19 years. But um, uh, music, you know, now music is so available on online and streaming. It's like you really don't have to have a big CD collection. I notice you have boxes of cassettes up there, and I, I still the, those are all Kiss cassettes. That, uh, <laughs> are they really? I I've, I I can't get rid of them. So. Yeah, yeah. And see, I still have tons of of cassettes, mainly of my really bad old radio shows and things like that. <laughs> but music-wise, um, I. Since we're continuing the theme of bitter old man, um, I listen to a lot of old music, you know, from a lot of R&B that I, I grew up listening to. I was such a confused kid, I think, you know, because <laughs> when, when I was, you know, eight, nine years old, I was listening to a lot of, uh, uh, not Motown, but uh, Philly Soul that was coming oh, wow. out in the uh, early to mid-70s. And, uh, you know, like Harold Melvin and the Blue Notes, the OJs, uh, uh, the uh, Intruders. Um, lots, lots of that. You know, you're, I know you're going. Who? What? Where? Um, so I, I love listening to to old old R and B music. I still like a lot of old rock from that time. So as far as more new, I, and I go way back to like Sinatra and mm. big band because my dad I posted not too long ago. He would have been 95 just a few days ago. So oh, wow. he was old. So I was raised on old music. So I have a huge affinity for. Uh, music from the 40s and, and 50s and oh. and uh so i listen to kind of an eclectic mix if you listen to my ipod it would be like wow this guy's nuts i mean seriously certifiable because it goes from like it could go from like casey and the sunshine band to frank sinatra to you know led zeppelin to just all over the place and kind of like top 40 radio used to be back yeah. in the 70s yeah. and, you know i think you should make a, make us a mix I'd like a, a mixtape. Mi yes, okay. I'd like that because okay. I just am no have come across some old music, you know, that you're talking about, mm -hmm. like Sinatra, yeah. that I have an appreciation for. Or I'm embarrassed to mention that I recently was introduced to Miles Davis. You oh, know, that yeah. kind of yes. stuff that yeah. is just yep. unreal. Mm -hmm. So I'd like to know what you're listening to. Speaking of which, if you've never been to Taste of Jazz at the at Valley Brew, it's mm -hmm. Thursday nights, and Patrick Langham, who's a, a, a music professor at UOP mm -hmm. and also just a very accomplished uh, musician has his band the Patrick Langham trio and then Simon Rowe who's uh, uh, in his band he has his own so it's kind of like a mix of these musicians just great jazz and they do you know kind of the older I'm not talking Kenny G jazz and stuff like That's that. That's not jazz. Not yeah. that, you know, hey, I'm sure everybody loves that. But <laughs> DJing all the weddings that we did over the years, I, if I hear Kenny G, my eyes roll oh. back and I'm like, kill. Songbird, the one song yeah. that was played. <laughs> yeah, that's oh, right. No. It was played uh, too many times the second time it was played. Oh, my gosh, yeah. <laughs> and it's fun, fun. Well, my wife and I were talking about that just yesterday, about there's songs that we can never listen to again. I don't care how great they are. I mean, they're some of the greatest songs ever, like, I've had the time of my life, Bill Medley. Oh, yes. <laughs> I play that at so many weddings, yeah. I just want to puke. Yeah. Um, old-time rock and roll. Oh, when yeah. I hear the first dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun, <laughs> I'm like... Ch -ch -ch. <laughs> <laughs> Pull the plug. Yeah, are you going to stop it or am I? That's oh, right. Boy. Unfortunately. <laughs> so from that standpoint, there, there's some... I, I've, I've kind of been embittered. Well, no, I guess that, that's consistent with this whole interview. Yeah. It was the best of times. It was the worst of times. Yes, it was. Yes. The tale of one city. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> yep. So, I, yeah, music there. What? I listen. I was going to say I listen to everything except country music, and then I knew I'd probably insult you there, too. Not at all. Okay. Not at all. I like old-time country, and I like Kiss. So yeah. I like I like a lot, but uh, most people, uh, country certainly never taken off in Stockton, except for that country that they play on one of those radio stations, it's uh, FM, I don't remember which one, but uh, people call that country. It's great music. Um, you can dance the most of it. I just don't call it country. So It's basically a, a modern version of 70s country or uh, 70s uh, Southern rock. Yeah. but uh, Which is ironic because Garth Brooks grew up as a huge Kiss fan. Yeah. I don't know if you knew that. Probably. Of course I did. And he, uh, he was on the um, one of my favorite uh, tribute albums. Oh yeah, uh, he did. Um, he did a song. I didn't which which one escapes me, but he 
Macbeth. It's one that was actually <laughs> you're close because the one that the song he did was originally sung by Peter Chris. Uh. Um, and uh, it's one of my it's one of my favorite uh, Garth Brooks covers. Hey, can you do a can you do any impersonations of Kiss members? Uh, yeah, but they don't make good for radio. He's sticking no. his tongue out right now. <laughs> Come on, Gene Simmons. Yeah, there you go. Actually, my impersonation of Gene Simmons. Uh, give me your money. Yeah. <laughs> give me your money. I want all your money. All your money. He does. Yeah, he's kind of been that. Old. And actually, as we say that, uh, today's his birthday. So is that, it really? That'll give a a date away of what day we're actually recording this because today is uh, Gene Simmons' birthday. All right. Yeah. Happy birthday, Gene. That's pretty sad. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I watched that reality show. Does that count? Um, the Family Jewels. Yeah, I can't watch it because I I like Gene Simmons as a musician, as a producer, as a so without the makeup as it just an artist. Doesn't work. And you watch him in that show, and he, he's he's crying because he can't operate a, a dishwasher, and he's just a disheveled old man. And it's like I, I can't I can't watch this. I can't watch this. I think of J- Jackie Mason, old time. Uh. I, I, I can't help every time I hear or see Gene Simmons. I think he's turned into Jackie Mason. What are you talking about? I can't, well, I'm a disheveled old man. I can't get this dishwasher to work. What are you talking about? Yeah, that's exactly. Uh, yeah, he's. That is exactly. And he. Um, he's got one hot wife. You got to admit that. Well, and, they, and the big deal was he finally married her. Uh, yeah, that was, said, that was big of him, never I thought. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, he knows she's hot and probably way out of his league. So <laughs> he doesn't marry her. He's going to be. You know, the, the days of Gene uh, being uh, wild and um, popular with the ladies rock star are probably over. You think? I would, I would say that's a yes. Definitely yes. <laughs> well, you know what they say. Oh, never mind. I won't say it. It's a family <laughs> podcast. <laughs> cricket. Cue, cue the crickets. Cue oh. the crickets. Oh. All right, Johnny. Uh, I know you're a, a fan of, uh, of local sports, and I, I know you've always been a fan of, uh, of Stockton Ports. <laughs> yes. Uh, you, you've done some stuff um, with that organization um, for many years. Tell us about that. Well, it's funny that you say that because um, I, I'm, I've never been much of a sports fan. I was one of those weird kids that, you know, I would pretend to, oh, yeah, Raiders, Kenny Stabler, cool, uh-huh. No, I, I don't follow baseball, whatever. And, uh, <laughs> and um we would do a lot of promotions when I was in radio uh, with the ports and we'd come and, and, you know, do, uh, like if double header, like on 4th of July, there was often a double header and we'd come and do, uh, like host something, MC something, whatever. And so when there was, uh, an ownership change in 1991, um, new blood came in and, and, uh, I won't talk about that owner, but there are all <laughs> kinds of stories. But Dan Chapman, who had just been uh, promoted the season before to the much-deserved position of general manager, uh, called me up in uh, early 91 and said, hey, you know, how would you like to uh, would you be ports? We're looking for an announcer. Would you like to audition for it? I said, well, what, what do I just put together a tape of, of how you might sound? And, and at that time, I was program director of KWIN. I was, you know, DJing. Uh, weddings on the weekends and I was working on the air and production on the side I had my studio at home so I was really just impossibly busy and I thought sure let's take on another thing and as we got closer to this so anyway I I submitted the tape and and Dan liked it everybody there liked it they had a a new office staff and so as we got closer to the season I I started thinking yeah I don't think I can do this I mean I'm aware that there's this game baseball but I played it once in sixth grade and wasn't very good because I remember getting mad at the umpire when he called me out on three strikes and I, I, I didn't swing. I didn't strike zone. I didn't know anything about a strike zone. So my, my knowledge of, of the game was very limited. And I told, I was up front with Dan Chapman. I said, you know, I don't, I don't know a thing about baseball. And he said, that's okay. You can, you'll learn that. What we want is personality and, you know, have fun. And we want somebody up there that will, you know, entertain the fans. And I said, okay, so... Yeah, and, and the true story about that is he had already called uh, Dave Holmes and and uh, Dave Bowling, and I was like one of the last <laughs> on the list. Finally got to well, Johnny so, turns us down. We're really screwed. So let me guess. So you went to your all your other radio friends and you said, "Hey, guess what? I got a I got a call from Dan Chapman," and they all went down the list and said, <laughs> yeah, "Yeah, so did we. Yeah, me. months ago. What are you talking about? Yeah, we turned him down months ago." And so I I, I was I let him know that I was nervous about it and he said ah, don't worry about it you'll be fine and thankfully there were some great people uh, david brady up in the in the office staff he w- he had been hired to do play by play but they didn't have a radio station that year so mm. he 
during the games, he got to sit up there with me and, and kind of coach me through and say, okay, here's what we do and here's what you do. And, and so by the time uh, we got halfway through the season, I was kind of getting my bearings and then uh, ended up doing it from the 91 season through the 98 season until my son was born. And I thought, yeah, I can't be away from the house anymore. It was really difficult um, going, you know, working all day in radio and then working all night at the, the ports mm -hmm. game. And but in that time, in that eight season uh, time frame, it was so much fun. And I mentioned earlier about get, having creative freedom. And man, I was so fortunate that they really let me do uh, so much. I mean, they just let me run with it. So at, when I would start to get proficient at one area of the announcing, I would get bored. So I think, well, how can I, how can I pep this up? So I would find some kind of music to make fun of the other team. But you, you can't get on there and go, hey, that team sucks. Right. But you can do it with the music. <laughs> yes. You know, when, a, when you know, they go to the mound or whatever, you can do it with as sound as, effects. As long as you don't play three blind mice. Oh, yeah. When the umpire makes Almost a bad call. Almost got thrown out. Because that gets. Do you uh, remember that? I do. That's 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 <laughs> the um, that's the only one I only story I've ever heard of after the major league, um, or somebody got in trouble for playing three blind mice on a bad call and almost got ejected from a ballpark. Yep. So. And, and I almost did as well. And wow! With encouragement from upper management, even though Dan, you'll probably deny that, but uh, they thought it would be really cool to make the cover of or make some kind of mention in sports. What was that magazine? Sports, not Sports Illustrated, but Inside Sports, I think, mm. was the. The magazine they thought oh that'd be really cool to have you thrown out of a game and uh, i don't know but yeah there were a few times where the umpire would stop and he'd halt the game and turn around slowly and look up at me at the press box and give me a, a long glare <laughs> and and i would just stand there with this smug look on my face like what what are you gonna do you know and, what a what a young punk i was way to then. push the envelope i <laughs> yeah. like it I but like it was, it a it was lot. fun and it was really cool to be able to to uh you know just like I said, play music and sound effects and, and make little comments uh, and and have so much fun. My whole goal was, okay, I'm not a sports fan, so I want somebody to come to the game who's not a sports fan and still enjoy. I, I, I didn't want to take anything away from the game because there are baseball purists who did not want me messing with the game, and I understand that. But I wanted people, if they weren't sports fans, to walk away and say, oh, you know, I had fun. I had fun tonight. And with all the other things that were going on in the ballpark and around the, the uh, you know, the outskirts of the, what do they call it? The concierge, not the concierge, the uh, concourse. Concourse, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, there was, it, 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 at that time, it was the best family entertainment in town. And wow, that sounded like a commercial spot. Yeah, <laughs> dis despite the fact that I was the announcer. <laughs> there you go. Great. So, Johnny, we are so honored to have you uh, to come and talk with us about, you know, radio and, and your experience. And um, it's just been great catching up with you. Yeah, same here. And um, so uh, thanks for being with us today at Podcast Stockton. The pleasure was all mine. Yeah, and uh, um, definitely uh, I've, I don't think I've ever been as nervous recording a podcast in front of an actual broadcaster as Me I too. have been with you. Me too. <laughs> Me three. There you go. Um, so uh, it was uh, very much an honor to have you join us here today. And um, for listeners that want to hear some of your spots and some of your uh, examples uh, out there, you can you can go to YouTube and search for some great stuff out there, but also go to prodgod.com. And, um, That's you got my a website, of, which I haven't uh, updated in probably three or four years. But there's lots of good audio out yeah. there, so uh, we'll put Thanks. links in the show notes and also include some links to a couple of videos we found, cool. uh, some of your commercial spots as well. But, uh, well, thank Johnny, you. thanks again for coming in. My pleasure.
Thanks for listening to Podcast Stockton. We'd love to hear your comments. Call or text our listener line at 565-3229 or find us on Facebook or Twitter, username Podcast Stockton. And the music you heard on today's show is The Lawn by Filbert. Check out their music at facebook.com slash filbertmusic. And thanks to Go Local Radio for turning us on to great local music. A big thanks again to Johnny Milford. It was great having him in studio with us today. And for links to all the things we talked about on today's show, visit the show notes at podcaststockton.com. I'm Susan. I'm Matt. I'm Greg. And I'm Manny. Until next time, make it great, Stockton. Stockton.